0: Well, they're welcome to this uh, special edition of the Pepper pod you're very welcome um very short punchy bonus pod, just because well we'll come to the reason in, in a moment but it's a, it's a special interview with uh, with Christina Kim which we were going to put on to the into the last pod with Brian Driscoll but those two interviews together would have been about 13 hours and with our ramblings as well 17 hours so uh, the very it's a very good interview though so we thought'll we'll we put out as a little a little special um but anyway just uh any updates on your life eddie in the last couple of days
1: not really um i just put on twitter about pip so uh on my the younger dog uh the gsp she's had a bit of an issue with her leg but that all came back pretty positive so um yeah she's got a shaved right leg uh she's separated from gus so that's a bit sad for her but uh you know there we go
0: that's the worst thing uh does she have to go in the cone of shame
1: no she wasn't given a cone thankfully
0: uh, yeah, mm. well, there we are. That's uh, that's good. But she'll be nibbling away at the scar as we speak. Um, anyway, I hope you've got somebody on guard duty. Uh, right. So that the we do have golf news. The big news that has come in is that I have hit some chips in the back garden. I went out and I just and I, I you you've seen our estate. It's about thirty feet long. So this was <laughs> a tight control. I thinned a couple through the hedge into the field, but uh, I don't know why why I was doing it at all because I'm not going to play so what's the point in sharpening up my short game I have no idea but it's quite good fun and Olive and Mabel chased the balls and chewed a few so it was good good fun um that's about it in terms how of how old girl. is the um what's the shag bag like I used to have a shag bag I was so amused as like a 13 14 year old when they came over from America I had a Wilson shag bag and we giggled uh but because I used to you know but I, I thought they were kind of cheating and you looked a bit of a joker if you had a shag bag because, you know, you had to be the guy who just flicked it up into the bag off your off your wedge. So uh, anyone who had a shag bag was just seen as a bit of a chump. But then I got one and it was brilliant. So, um, uh, yes, shag bag chat on the bonus pepper pod. Uh, no, but I've got a, an old practice bag. I, know, I mean, it really is old now, but it's, it's full of some... I used to have a brilliant practice bag. I mean, the, the balls within it because uh, my brother Colin is a caddy at Troon, and every time he would go out, he would return with about eight Pro V1s uh, in his pockets, because all the all the visitors just play, you know, they were all playing Pro V1s, or whatever the best ball might be. Um, so he would come, and his whole house was just full of them, so I would fill up a practice bag with about 100 of those, and um, there we are. More good chat. This bonus part is turning into... Uh, just absolute nonsense, but we do have some serious golf news because the European Tour has just announced the details for the tournaments for the second half of this year, and it is fascinating, Eddie, isn't it? Because it it really is based around a UK swing, and that's what they're calling it now. There are six tournaments from the second, from the end of July through August. So let's go through them: the British Masters. Which is the one hosted by Lee Westwood at Close House. Then they go on to the In- these tournaments are, are a bit of a throwback. The English Open at the Marriott Forest of Arden, the English Championship at the Marriott Hanbury Manor, then the the Celtic Classic at the Celtic Manor Resort, then the Wales Open at the Celtic Manor Resort, and then the UK Championship at the Belfry. It's uh, these are it's all it's all new, it's all different, but it's all old as well.
1: Yeah, this is. Oh, I saw that and I thought, am I a snooker player? Um, it's just, I, I I, don't know what to expect. Uh, who's going to be on the first tee? Willie Thorne?
0: Um, I mean, there again, a couple of them are established tournaments like the Wales Open or, uh, you know, the British Masters. But the others really are sort of, you know, going back in time to, to step forward here and to have something. And the first few, they don't specify, but initially they say it they will be played behind closed doors. So initially initially is the british masters at the end of july certainly it's the first one so if that happens with lee westwood hosting it uh no crowds there but uh, but again what i i mean what do you think about just having these tournaments all based in the uk to you know to focus on at least you've got something that you know we we know it's going to be there yeah listen from the players perspective this
1: is obviously um well i'm sure we're all going to be delighted with it um you know it's just an opportunity to play golf i i there are still some questions that i certainly have with regards to the um, restrictions and how restrictive they're going to be in terms of you know hotels and golf courses and what we can do and that sort of thing but um yeah you know this is this is beyond i think expectations for many of us so uh yeah i suspect i can only think the American reason the six is is to do with the tv revenue and the, the tour is trying to get as many in so that they can uh you know, meet meet the demands, the contractual demands, which is
0: yeah. which is good. Yeah. Doesn't affect me a jot on the BBC, so good luck to everyone. <laughs> um other important news is that while the intention remains, it says here, to crown a new race to Dubai champion on Sunday, December the thirteenth, so they've got the Rolex series going through October and then in December. So that intention remains that there will be a race to Dubai champion. Because of the impact of COVID-19, the tournament committee agreed that all members 2020 categories and their ranking within that category will be retained in 2021 with related playing rights being protected to the absolute maximum possible in the 2021 season. So there we are.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good addition. Um, I don't believe they've got that in place in the PJ Tour at the moment. Which I think when you look at their rules and you think, you know, you could be tested positive, disqualified, not be able to play for a couple of weeks, but you're still going to be having to count towards rankings. That's quite unfair. I think we've gone the other direction and, and these are very fair. So, But also, you know, with regards to what I mentioned there with the restrictions, they've also made it possible that if a player doesn't fancy, you know, coming over in quarantine for two weeks or playing under very restrictive rules, they don't have to because they've got next year to fall back on still. So, um, you know, we've been afforded a lot of freedom
0: here as players, which I think is very, very good. Yeah. Um, Just to run through the tournaments later on, they come up with the Rolex Series events, the big events, of course, they are the uh, Scottish Open from October the 8th to the 11th at Renaissance uh, Club, just uh, outside North Berwick. Uh, October the 15th to the 18th will be the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. Then December the 3rd to the 6th, the Nedbank Golf Challenge, hosted by Gary Player at Gary Player Country Club Sun City. Uh, Winner 17 over par. December the 10th to the 13th, (laughs) the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai. So that's how things look. I've I've got to say, so I I believe, and I know this hasn't been specified,
1: and this is something I have heard rumour-wise, that those they're all going to be full field events so whereas Nedbank and dp are usually you know top 50 top 60 i believe they're going to be full field which round the ned bank is going to be fascinating to see 150 guys run that golf course if we get a windy day we're talking six seven hour rounds gary will be there at the back of the green doing god knows what um cartwheels and um and press-ups but it's just going to be it's going to be hilarious that, that week's going to be a lot of fun
0: holding a squat position for six hours while (laughs) conducting interviews. Um, right, okay, so there's some golf news for you. This uh, short bonus pod is rapidly becoming a full pod, which we didn't intend. But uh, this is a slight change of pace because we're here because uh, we're going to put this Christina Kim interview, which is long, but it's fascinating. Christina Kim, Solheim Cup player, great character. That was the sort of description of her over the years. So we had a chat with her. The reason, One of the reasons I got her on as well was we bonded over uh, a ridiculous thing on Twitter where uh, I effectively read out the ingredients of a shampoo bottle to her, uh, which is another story but that's kind of how we connected um, I mean I, I'd known her before obviously I remember seeing in the 2009 Open Championship at Lytham Peter Alice absolutely loves her but after that shortly after that there were problems with uh, injury and, and open admissions of uh, mental difficulties as well so this is a, an interview which covers a lot of stuff in here there's a lot of detail it's a long interview but I hope you enjoy it and we will speak to you after this this is Christina Kim Oh, actually, just before we start, sorry, I should say as well that uh, I, we didn't edit this and uh, Christina, uh, as Eddie and I do as well, uses some good language. So if you've got children, you'll notice I'll have put a little E for explicit content on this one as well. It just all adds to the rich tapestry of it. So there might be some swearing in here. There might not. You'll just have to listen to find out. Here's our chat with Christina Kim. Christina, hi. What what have you been up to in the last few? Where are you, first of all? Are you in Florida?
2: I am in Florida, yes. I live in Orlando. Been here um, way too long. Being a California girl, it's very different here. Um, But yeah, I'm here in Florida. It is absolutely pissing down right now, which is kind of nice because I don't have to go and play. Um, Not that I have to by any chance. I get to. But yeah, no, I mean, my time off, I've been fortunate enough or stupid enough depending on who you want to talk to uh, that my courses have stayed open so I've been able to practice and play pretty much every single day.
0: Yeah but you've been playing left-handed I see what's that all about?
2: Uh, Well a friend of mine Todd his daughter is lefty and he was like do you think you could shoot a couple left-handed videos and I was like sure I've got a seven iron in my um in my garage and then my brother's a lefty so i grabbed a couple of clubs and i was like i normally am not horrific lefty and then um reality set in and those were probably to be honest the best videos
0: yeah but you know you can you know you can just flip the video and it looks like you're playing left-handed and you could have you could have said look at this look how easy this is as you rip it down the middle
2: yeah but anybody that knows my physical capabilities and how my body actually moves would know that that was absolute bullshit <laughs> yeah. did you see
1: um did you see the rory swing flipped left-handed i keep seeing it on instagram um
2: i'm i'm they- not gonna lie if it's not a cat or dog account i'm probably not going to follow it on instagram oh,
1: <laughs> well this- no that's <laughs> fair point and i get that um but uh, no i i just saw they flipped his right-handed swing and uh it's weird, isn't it? Because it, something about it doesn't look as good. I mean, it, I, it's strange, you know, seeing a left-handed swing. With yeah. all due respect. I don't like,
2: think yeah. lefty is the... It, it, it looks very odd to me, no matter what. I've got a couple of friends that are really good players that are lefty, and I just can't... My brain does not work that way.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well i 'm I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to ask more about the dog and cat accounts that you follow, but i've got, I have to ask did you did you watch are you a golf watcher? Did you watch the match? I was just thinking when you were talking about the weather that you 've got in Florida at the moment? It was pretty brutal uh, for the the big match with um, Tiger and Phil and um, Peyton Manning and Brady I'm struggling to remember their names but uh, did you watch any of it
2: i 'm not going to lie. I was on the golf course uh, playing a match myself with a couple of got a couple corn fairy guys out here and a couple of like outstanding juniors at my club so we were out playing and I am a fan of watching golf but um if I'm going to watch golf it's usually going to be strictly professionals and I uh no I caught um on Twitter I caught a little video of I think it was Brady who completely stubbed a chip, and I scream laughed when I saw that. <laughs> but yeah. no, I was, I, was, uh, I was out playing myself.
0: Well, I mean, what about your, your game? Because this year, it was a very interesting. Last year was a grim year for you on the course, and then it turned around towards the end. got your card back. So this year should have been about getting back out there and could still be in the second half of the year, but it must have been a bit frustrating as well.
2: Um, you know, to be honest, my... You know, we were in Australia when the events in Asia got canceled, and all of this COVID stuff started becoming, you know, much more of a reality. But my thing was, I, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm so much of an empath or what the deal is, but my only concern was people being safe. I mean, Mm -hmm. golf's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And so... Uh, while yes, I did have a pretty um, horrific season last year. Went back to Q series. Um, fun note for anyone that's considering it: don't go. If you've got your card, fucking keep it. Um, oh, am I allowed to swear? I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: oh, you are. You are. It just means that I have to. I think you've been speaking to Eddie. You know that if you do swear, then I have to bring in either Oliver Mabel to bark over it, just to keep it oh, clean, oh. clean for the kids <sighs> out there. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Hey. I'm I'm from the main streets of Trin, so I swear. Like I <laughs> now, well, uh, listen, well. listen, listen, tell us about last year, though, because, um, I mean, you were going through various swing changes. I also saw, and this would intrigue Eddie, that you were trying the a, a keto diet at some point because Eddie is all about the keto diet.
2: Girl, yes, no, I'm still doing keto. Um, I just wanted to get the shackles of sugar off of me. I mean, it's it's a very American way to consume all the carbs and all the sugars and just be very convenient food space. But I, um, you know, I was going through like, you said, I mean, I every single day, I'm going through swing changes, regardless, but you know, I was physically exhausted, mentally exhausted and emotionally drained. And I told myself like to, you know, stuff it, I'm just going to go and try this out. I've got some I've got some very close people to me that have gone on it. And they just they enjoy it. I, you know, a couple of Uh, players like Julieta Granada was on it and I mean she's tiny anyway but she um, just like really like leaned out and she said she really enjoyed it and I would be the kind of person that I would have a soda a day and like not even think about it and never took care of my macros never even considered any of that and so when I was told about the keto diet I said what's the worst that could happen if I end up dying because I had half an avocado in one hand two thirds of another one smeared across my face and I choke on olive oil and butter. Like what's the, I've had a good run. It's fine. But just wanted to get rid of the sugars and just, you know, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I, if I gain weight, Oh, big deal. You know, it's not about, for me, it wasn't about weight gain. It was, you know, more about just getting a little bit better mental clarity. And um, I always joke with people because like, I mean, to this day, I, I still don't see myself is looking any different because i always joke that i have shallow halcom uh syndrome which is like body image dysmorphia but in the reverse where you know i would look in the mirror and i would say you know what you've got a good heart that's all that matters and so so.
1: there
2: we go there we go yes i'm that i'm that b word
0: okay (laughs) I'm 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 going to pretend I get that cultural reference. There are a few that I don't get, but I don't, I don't get that one. So I'll just laugh. <laughs> Lizzo, absolutely. Um, so well, Eddie, you should step in and convince because you 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 might not know, Christina. So Eddie's thing now, and he uh, is looking svelte and fit, and he is on an all meat diet go for it Eddie well it.
1: for 3 months i've been doing a carnivore diet now you get into ketosis it's the same end result you just get there a different way um but you know i tweeted a couple of weeks ago that now is time for people to do a keto because you know of all the health issues surrounding this covid stuff um you look at the the, the data and that you want to be you know you want to be lowering your, your sugar levels and obviously a keto a ketogenic diet is the thing to do so um you know i think more people should give it a try but it's a bit I mean, difficult I- intellectually for a lot of
0: people honestly if you see the the stuff that eddie is eating the the meat related products that he is eating it's not the most particularly appetizing uh, diet to look at but i'm sure hey it works for him that's a bit hard well like liver and
2: kidneys and things like that things that are nutrient dense
0: exactly
1: that's right see christina knows the shit you see
2: (laughs) oh yeah i i did the paleo diet years and years ago and fell in love with it but like my i just needed i mean, I was. I mean, I was a blueberry girl from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So for me, I figured, you know, if I jumpstart into ketosis, it would, you know, just kind of, I'm basically putting myself into starvation mode. My body needs to convert something into energy instead of carbohydrates. So, you know, I had plenty of reserves and I still do, but <laughs> my mental clarity is up. I'm emotionally a lot better. Um, I'm happier. I'm, I mean, cause I'll go on these kicks where I'll work out for, you know, months and months and months and then drop it but like now I'm just like I'm working out every day I started running again I used to run like 40 plus miles a week and now I'm like back on this running kick and just like i just enjoying life again
0: Yeah. Yeah. Violet Beauregard. Was it Violet Beauregard? Um, Anyway, uh, Offer a Tangent, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So uh, actually talking about you being emotionally in a a good place. I mean, it's it's well publicised and you've talked about it quite openly that in your career you have had highs and lows mentally. And you had a great finish, I remember, in 2009 at the Women's British Open at Lytham. And then it wasn't long after that that you started to slide. You had a, a, a back injury, which got worse, and it sort of kick-started a bit of a downward spiral. Can you talk about that for us?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, like you said, played in 'oh nine at uh, Royal Lytham St. Anne's, which is, uh, to this day, still it's in my top ten favorite golf courses in the world. I, mm. I love how many bunkers there are. I love how you have to play the ball along the ground um i'm not the kind to i prefer hitting all nine shots instead of just hitting a high draw because i hate the high draw but um yeah you know and that was like at that point it was it was a pretty you know i mean i had two victories by then had been on the solheim cup but you know i that was like for me a pretty significant moment in my career and you know i've i've read about things afterwards where athletes will talk about you know like after they win their gold medal at the olympics like they they realize they're like well what else can i do and you know obviously you know i should be thinking of you know winning majors and you know winning everything in sight but you know at that point that was like for me for so many reasons was just a remarkable experience and i just i think i was just tapped out and then i had gone to thailand um excuse me malaysia and you know long-haul flight from the u.s landed checked in got my bags and immediately booked a massage because i was like okay i'm gonna be proactive you know i we were fortunate enough that the tournament provided us with business class tickets but you know you're still in a stationary position for you know hurdling through space for you know 17 hours or something like that and so i said i'm going to go get a massage get my body right um, and, you know, get on with my day and went, got a massage and it was great. And then at the end, they were like stretching me out and whatever. And I'm, I'm pretty flexible. I, I used to do yoga for years and um, the lady had me, the massage therapist had me sit up and then she just put her hand on my back and just basically shoved my face down into, you know, I mean, I was basically smelling my own ass and um, <laughs> that kind of triggered something in my L5 S1 on the right side, and you know, from that point, like, immediately, like, within a couple hours, lost 20 yards off the tee, and, like, in 08, I was, you know, one of the longest players on tour, I was, I was definitely in the top 20 longest players on tour, and then, you know, it just kind of spiraled, where I was already, like, physically, you know, tired, but also slowly draining myself emotionally, and mentally, you're sitting there losing distance, trying to figure out how to just survive, and it just kind of spiraled from then, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, serotonin levels drop you know you're you're you you get into a funk and um you know i was battling that for a while also just because of the way that my swing used to be because my dad was always my teacher and i had a very um swing i had a swing very similar to like brendan dayong where it was holding off you know coming over the top a little bit not a crazy amount but a little over the top and i would play this massive pull not massive but it's really good like strong pull cut and so then with the back, couldn't get on my left side as well, this, that, whatever, holding off. And I started, I noticed I was getting some um, pain in my elbow, came across that I had a uh, tennis elbow, turned into tendinitis, turned into tendinopathy, and then eventually started getting some micro tears in my left elbow. And when your lead elbow is the one that's hurting, there's not a whole lot that you can really do to generate power, hold the club. I mean, holding a cup of coffee would have been near impossible for me. But this was my first injury, I was young, I was, you know, quite frankly, quite stupid. And, you know, you think that you're invincible, and you're like, I'll just get a little physio, and it'll be fine. Mm. And then, you know, it was just the game just kept deteriorating. And I just kind of got to a point where I stopped feeling, which is just being in a void is more terrifying than being sad, more terrifying than being angry. And especially for someone like me who you know I'm I emote so when that was gone it was it was very very scary and so uh, we were at the European Nations Cup um, for the it was a ladies European tour event because I was for a couple of years a very proud dual member of both the ladies European tour and the LPGA, and you know I was traveling probably playing about you know 30 plus tournaments a year trying to get in 10 11 events in Europe playing minimum 20 to fuck 25 I think I'm one year I, think I traveled forty-five weeks out of the year, um, just because. I mean, I, I I still to this day, but back then, you know, just still loved golf, loved the competition, loved the travel, yeah. loved everything about being on tour, and knew that I was very fortunate to do so. And um, you know, there was, the, I mean, realistically, it was the closest I'd come to an attempt on my life. I almost uh, jumped off the roof of a castle to into the Mediterranean uh, when we were in the south of Spain, but you know, I kind of joke that the people that I was with, you know, I had the car keys in my purse and my thought was, how are these Americans going to get home? (laughs) (laughs) And so that realistically was the only thing that stopped me because I was just, you know, I was basically just a walking corpse. You know, I wasn't scared. I wasn't, worried I wasn't excited again I was just empty and I was it just the moment just hit me when I was at a pairings party in this beautiful castle in the south of Spain with you know overlooking the Mediterranean the sun was going down it was absolutely gorgeous this that whatever and I'm just like okay this is it like it just was like matter of fact
0: and, and, and before, all, before all that, so in years before when we had seen you in the course and everyone says this, Christina Kim, life and soul of the party and the personality and the outgoing and the, the exuberance and the noise, uh, was that because that's what you were at the time or were there feelings even then, bef- before the, the, the injury, that there were low times for you?
2: Um, you know, like when I was younger, like low times for me was, you know, if I was having to trunk slam because I missed a cut or you know, I, I missed a putt to force a playoff or I'd done something this or that, but it was, it was there was so much joy in my life and I was, you know, still going through the newness of everything associated with, you know, being a young professional on tour, getting the opportunity to go and travel, you know, not having to go to university, let's say, you know, cause I turned pro right out of um, high school or sixth form or ninth, whatever you guys call it. Um, And, you know, I was, I was young, I was living, I was just living. And so I was always joyous. And even during those times when I was going through it, you know, I knew that people associated me with that joy. And so I would, you know, not, not that I was faking it for any reason other than I'm the kind of person that if I see someone hurting, I stop and I ask what's wrong. And if someone says I'm fine, I'm like, listen, if you say you're fine, as a woman, if you say you're fine, you ain't fine. Like you got to sit down and talk it out. And so I'm always one that would go and message friends or go up to friends and talk to them and say, what's going on in your life? What can I do to help? But I did not know how to ask for help because I was young and stupid and I looked upon it as a sign of weakness. And You know, going through this, I realized just how weak I was to not admit that I was going through anything. Um, but I would, you know, I, I wouldn't ever want to burden anyone else with what I was going through.
0: But there must be so much more of this within sport than we, re- and, and actually we are starting to realize it now because people are starting to talk about it, but we look at sports people and think superhumans, they do these things and what a life they're leading and how happy they are. But you must know in golf, there will be just by law of averages and percentages that there will be people within the professional golf ranks who, who, who suffer mentally.
2: Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no question. I mean, I would be very surprised if, you know, I mean, even the best players in the world where we're allowed to feel, and you know, there is, there is the, you know, I, again, I was, you know, I was never made it into like top of the money list, but you know, top 15, top 20, things like that. But, you know, I'm sure that at that level there's this pressure that's mounting, whether it's due to endorsement deals, whether it's due to, you know, like you know, players in Korea, I cannot fathom what they go through. Like I'm, I'm personally very polarizing in Korea. I mean, shit, I'm polarizing everywhere I go. (laughs) But, um, you know, in Korea, it's like they love golf more than breath. It, It really is remarkable how much they love and are obsessed with the sport. But if you mess up, like you're, I mean, I have people that I mean, I've had death threats, I've had, you know, and I'm just like, all right, like, I'm just, living my life like I'm sorry if you're the one that's wasting your time hopping on to Twitter or you know going online leaving comments on you know newspaper articles and this and that That you know I'm like first of all if you look me in the eye you would never have the, um, the balls to say anything to me and secondly we're never going to meet like why are you wasting yeah. your time saying all of this stuff but, but what, um,
0: what, what are their own threats that you've had what, what are they concerned
2: uh, you know, I'm too loud. I'm, you know, not quote Korean unquote enough. I'm, um, you know, I'm fat, I'm ugly. I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, dude, you guys, you have no idea. Like, cause I, and I love myself and I I know that I'm a good person, but I, you know, we're all self deprecating and, you know, we're, we're all, you know, it's, it's, You know, it's not so much I have insecurities, but it's just like, you know, it's a bit of fun. Like I sit there and I'm just like, okay, like come at me with everything you got because the darkest depths of my soul have said some of the most horrific things about me. Like I'll sit there and someone will try and start some crap with me. And I'm like, all right, let's sit down. Look me in the eye. All right. I get it. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm short. I don't hit the ball as long as I used to. I'm loud. I'm crass. I'm, you know, I'm like, let's just keep going. Like, do you want me to talk to you about, I'm to talk to you about some of the things that I've thought about myself that like, I can now laugh about because you know, it, it, I'm still a good person, but I'm just like, you guys are wasting your time. Like, I love myself more than anybody, but I can, if I wanted to put the effort in, I could hate myself more than anybody on earth. So come at me. It's
0: well, amazing though. you bring up an interesting topic, which I did want to cover is that in the women's side of the game, Korea dominates and everyone says, why is this? Is it down to a work ethic thing? Is it down to a family thing? And you obviously are an American, but uh, I mean, your dad was an immigrant from Korea, was it? Yes. And, and so do you see, and having played in Korea and seen, as you say, the, 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 the sort of obsessive love that Korea has for golf, what do you think is the, the, the driving force behind Korea's success, in particular in the women's side of the game?
2: Well, um, one, I mean, every culture is family-centric, so it's hard to say that that's part of the reason why, but it is part of the reason why the family is one literal unit. Um, I did read an article years ago before the Olympics in Rio, where you know because Korea also dominates in archery Mm. and they are you know I mean they win gold pretty much if you win silver you you need to be exiled out of the country and there was an article that I read in USA Today that mentioned how um, in Korea you know because we've all been using chopsticks for years years and years and years and years you know thousands of years in Asia but Korea was the first country, and I think still the only country that had implemented using stainless steel chopsticks as, um, you know, a means of, you know, that way you can, you know, have your chopsticks, you're not going to worry about contamination, you can, you know, all of these things or whatever, and they're heavy steel chopsticks. And so there's this thought that because Koreans have been using steel chopsticks for well over 10,000 years, we've actually been able we've in essence evolved to where the dexterity in our fingertips is much greater than other nations and other cultures and things like that. Again, I don't know if it's true or not. There's no way of really knowing, but that's, you know, one, one theory, but you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you would ever go, but like, you know, the Vic open that is a co-sanctioned event between the European tour, um, and the PGA of Australasia, as well as the, uh, you know, ALPG and the LPGA down at, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. It's so fun. And you'll never hit driver Eddie, because you don't need to, because you'll play from like 6,900 yards and I'll play from like <laughs> 6,700 yards or whatever, 65. But, yeah. um, you know, it's like, it's interesting because you'll sit there and you'll watch and it's just the, the work ethic is insane. Like you'll have girls that are putting two, three hours a day, um, you know, and they'll be, hitting balls and they'll be beating balls all day every day and they you know and, and it's also very different in the women's game versus the men's game because just being at that event like I was talking with you know some of the guys and I'm just like god you know I mean because I love I love watching the guys play and I'm like you hit it so long i mean you know you hit it two fairways offline but you hit it so long <laughs> and then the guys are like but you hit it so straight and I'll be like I had a shit day out there um, you know, just really struggled off the tee. And they're like, well, how many fairways did you hit? And I'm like, 12. And they're like, you can go, you, you can go jump off a bridge right now. <laughs> um, you know, so it's just, it's, it's a different style of play. So I think that's part of it as well. But, you know, it's just you, I'm sure you take some of the biggest grinders in the men's game, you know, VJ aside, because he's just a, he's a beast. But, um, you know, and you compare it to a lot of the ladies on tour, and he would probably fill in fairly average in terms of, uh, like, practice during tournament weeks.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think that creates in a way though a lot of what we see, not early burnout is perhaps too dramatic a phrase for it, but a lot of the very best women's players in particular from the Far East seem to be done by their, they decide to do something else or they, or they have a really short intense period of success and then fall away a little bit. And I, I can't quite work out why that might be when more men continue to be far more successful into the 30s and 40s.
2: Well, I think part of it, I mean, it it's part of its physiology, you know, I mean, they say women tend to peak late, uh, earlier in life, I am on a quest to disprove that um, theory myself. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, there is a bit of there's a potential for burnout. It's something I've never experienced, because even when I was, you know, at my lowest of lows, I was never burnt out from the game. I was I mean I basically felt ashamed because I felt like I was bringing shame to the family name of golf but I am always kind I'm you know I'm like a squirrel a start of summer a start of spring I'm sitting there trying to find the acorns I'm always searching for you know like not in the sense of like always tinkering but I know I can always be better and I always strive to be better and you know I think that there is a certain in essence, like clinical play to how a lot of the ladies play, because, you know, we're focused a lot more on um, technique, because, you know, we can only hit the ball so far, you know, I mean, you've got Lexi, and she's got, you know, 40 inches of leg, you got me, and I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm stumpy, you know, and so I can, you know, I know what my max distance potential is, but it can only stop at that. And so, you know, you're going to, but it's like, if you go out and watch, it's just like, it's like watching Iron Byron. You're just going to watch high draws with a freaking hybrid into every single green in essence, you know, not from me because I don't like the high draw. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's just, it's, it's seemingly every shot is the same. So I guess there is a sense of monotony in that regard. And I think, um, you know, because you know, golf is still very young in the Far East and in Asia and places like that. And it's growing in popularity, but they're still several hundred years behind in terms of this amazing game that we're also fortunate to play. But they had to play catch up. So I think, you know, to an extent, it's like, don't worry about the, um, you know, the heart of the game. Just focus on, you know, don't worry so much about playing golf. Just swing the club yeah if that makes sense, you know um so I think that's that's part of it as well, but you know again, as women, you know apparently there are some women that want to like expel offspring from out of them and then what? you know want to get married and have a different life, you know I mean mm-hmm. with you know different emotions, different hormones, all of that stuff, you know it's some players just want to go and do something else with their life once they're done playing golf, you know whereas all I, all I want to do is play golf until. Yeah. I no longer want to. And it may sound absurd, but I feel like I'm at that, I'm just past the halfway point of my career.
0: Yeah. And what, and what about the argument? I and mean, people are always saying, right, so we need, uh, who, who are the stars in the women's game? And then they fall upon, and indeed the LPGA commissioner did once in a while say, well, we, we need the golfers from Korea to show more personality. And indeed, as she said at the time, speak English, uh, you know, and, and I, saw, I was reading an article from you saying that, well, actually, if you just dig a little bit deeper, if you just look a bit harder, you'll see that this player is very different to that player in personality. And that player is very different as well. So it's a kind of a lazy Western attitude that we just see a lot of Korean golfers and lump them together as Korean golfers.
2: Oh, for sure. You know, and I, I think that's part of the issue um, to an extent with the media in general. And I'm not going to go on like some like rant of like fake news crap or anything like that. (laughs) But you know, I really do, you know, in the U S anyway, I would say I really do miss the days of Tom Brokaw. Like you'll turn on the nightly news and it'll be, you know, national news. And he'll sit there and say, these are the events of the day that took place.
0: These are the whereas now.
2: Yeah. Whereas now you've got, you know, um, Baby Einstein or Fox News, whichever I forget which one is the one that you know um, Hannity is on or whatever, and then you 've got CNN over on the other side of it, and it 's just like i 'm like i 'm really, really sorry, I, I respect everyone 's opinion, and everyone 's allowed to believe whatever they want, but if you 're going to be providing me with information regarding the events of a day i don 't really give a hoot what your opinion is, and so there 's no more news. everything is an op ed and to that end, when it comes to the golf world. You know, I was, um, I was actually talking about this uh, yesterday with, with, um, with someone that I was like, you know, I mean, 20 months ago, I was going to start a podcast because it was at the end of the season. And I, you know, I mean, I'm, i I'll still, you know, aside from the occasional cat, well, the primarily cat and dog accounts I follow, but like on Twitter is where I go for, you know, things that are taking place in the world. And I'll sit there and it's like, you open any golf publication. It's like, here's what DJ's doing. Here's what Jordan's doing. Here's what JT's doing. This is a look at Tiger's new fill in blank here. And, you know, you go through all these guys, you know, and, and then it's like, and then this is another Lexi video where she's working out. And I'm like, do you guys have any understanding that every single week you have 144 remarkable stories that should and need to be shared? You know, I mean, there's, it's, it's not, it you know it can be looked upon as lazy but it's a lot of freaking work Mm. and so i had had the idea like 20 months ago that i was going to start a podcast where i was going to start sharing players stories um but then now you know i mean 2019 happened and like you know there was i I was spending a lot of time on the golf course not necessarily on the weekends but i was spending a lot of time on the golf course Mm. and then um you know and then i was going to start doing it at the beginning of this year and then covid happened and then you know a lot of people started podcasts and I was like, this is great because we're able to go out there and share stories. And it's, it's something that I still want to do. Um, obviously I'm not entirely committed considering the fact of how we got this started, <laughs> my, my laptop's on the fritz and I am like, I don't know what I'm doing and all that stuff. But you know, I've got yeah, it's, like an idea of the stories I want to do.
1: It's tough. It's tough for me to edit every week as well, Christina. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Trust me. But I would sit
2: there. I would include all the ums. I would just say, this is real. I don't care how stupid I sound. I, you know, I'm just going to just let it be raw and just write it raw. That did not mean to come out the way it did. My apologies.
0: No, no. Eddie, Eddie's just done a very dangerous thing in that he's insulted the person who actually does edit this uh, podcast. So who knows what I will do to make him (laughs) say over the remainder of this podcast. Eddie, could you just say, um, for me briefly?
1: Um thank
0: you. Right. Um <laughs> listen, what about the what about the the rest of the season? Again, we all peer into the mark. Oh, there, there's just for you, Christina. Can you hear that?
2: Was that Mabel or Olive?
0: Oh, that's Olive. Mabel doesn't speak. Mabel occasionally speaks, so Olive at the moment is hurling abuse. Bear with me. It's- Mabel's like <laughs> Mabel's like Tella and Olive's Pen. Yeah. So oh M- my God.
2: Mabel,
0: uh, Mabel will. There's a there's a boy dog locally, a very nice lad uh, called Ollie, and he likes to uh, lick both of their ears. And Olive lets him do it because she's just that kind of girl. But Mabel, that is the only time I really hear her bark. She says, "Excuse me." In dog language, she says, no, 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 stranger danger. And so she's just barking that and uh, Ollie gets the message. But that's the only time you ever hear Mabel bark. All of just... Hey, you
2: thoughts. know what? I'm, I'm very, I'm all about Mabel's attitude then because, you know, you, especially in this day and age, you need to make sure you have enthusiastic consent amongst all parties involved
0: absolutely testify um right so listen just let's talk about the rest of the, the the season because at the moment i mean it's a it's a mess as all as all tours are in and, and, and all sports are at the moment but i mean it's what have we got so the women's british open still supposed to be at the end of august my hometown you can meet the dogs if you get across for that one um no, that was eddie making that noise uh the, <laughs> The, um, we got the ANA Inspiration in September, the Women's PGA in October, the U.S. Open in December. I mean, it's a, it's extraordinary. But what do you do? You, do you, how do you see the return to you know competitive golf?
2: Well, you know, the only thing that I know is that um, our commissioner is fully committed to his players, fully committed to all of our partners and sponsors, but he's also fully committed to making sure that. We don't make any rash decisions and we don't start until we're in a place where we can feel safe for not just us traveling, but for the entire community that we're going to be coming into. Um, You know, the PGA Tour, they'll play large cities like, let's say, Detroit. We play in Toledo, Ohio, which is about an hour away. We play, you know, the men are in New York City. We'll play in Atlantic City. Where um, you know we'll go to Arkansas, you know, and, and it's it's the home of Walmart and it's the world headquarters, but it's still very much community based. So our events are far more community based, and we rely on our fans in a different way um, than the PJ tour does. Obviously, you know, the PJ tour they they everything we do on all of our tours it's for the fans, but at the same time, like if we're not allowed to have fans at our at our tournaments, we're not going to be hosting events in. It, at some events, you know, mm-hmm. like I know that right now things are still up in the air. We're supposed to be starting in Toledo, Ohio, and the men are going to be playing um, over at Jack's Place at Memorial. But I think that the Memorial is more able and willing to play without fans than we are in Toledo because, you know, the money that goes to charity, the money that the, that's generated throughout the economy, like all of these things, like the, the tournament that was just canceled last week, the, um, the Dow... Uh, GVI Invitational, which is a ladies' take on the Zurich Classic, was canceled uh, for a myriad of reasons, but partly because of the fact that we weren't going to be allowing fans into it. And, you know, I know, you know, and they have all of these amazing events that take place, like they have all of these vendors that come in during the week um, and set up, you know, in downtown where you can get, it's called a Taste of Midland, I think is what it is. And I know that, all of the money that we, um, you know, that people spend to come and view the event and take part in everything that they do, because there's so many great things that happen that week. Like they generated over 12 million dollars for their local economy in that one week. Hmm. And so, to be able to host an event without allowing them the opportunity to make money for their economy is not—it's not feasible. It's not—it's not a great thing to do. And and quite frankly, I would feel guilty going to a tournament, knowing that I'm going out and making money when the vast majority of people are not allowed to go to their jobs and make money, you know, and again, that's maybe that's the empath in me. I don't know. But I think that, um, you know, it's, it's just something that Mike thinks is the right thing to do. I 100% wholeheartedly agree with him. I, I know there are people that don't and that's okay as well. But I mean, I'm sending him like, video messages i'll just like shoot a quick selfie and send it to him just like you know cheerleading him on and being like mike i know you're in a lot of stressful situations i just want to let you know i'm standing behind you every single step of the way and if i don't i will let you know but i just want you to know everything that you're doing is right and i think you're doing a wonderful job so yeah. please don't that's, quit
1: that's interesting So i sent one of those messages to keith pelly the day and now he's blocked me so um...
2: <laughs> <laughs> were you also butt naked when you that though?
1: <laughs> well yeah keep that quiet but yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was um right okay listen Chris, we're taking up enough of your time but it's uh, uh, it's great to talk to you um i have to say uh, to everyone listening we've recorded this on zoom um eddie was effectively mabel he couldn't get anything to to work at the start so you've also yeah, that's heard, my... yeah so you can see the names up there so you've got andrew Cotter, christina kim edward pepperrell is that what you Does anybody call you edwards eddie
1: mm, nobody nobody Ever calls me Edward. Um, just, no, sorry, I haven't asked any questions. I thought Andrew asked the great ones, and you answered them brilliantly. I've just sat here along for the ride. I've enjoyed it. Um, I'm sorry they
2: took up like 97 percent of the conversation. Uh, that's
1: what you're there for.
0: <laughs> um, okay, final question then: dogs or cats? Seeing you follow the cats, really?
1: Oh, okay. We'll call yeah. this. We'll call this to an end, shall we? Um, <laughs> <Tens of dogs.
2: laughs> no, but it's. It's. I mean, I, I grew up with cats when I was younger. I was terrified of dogs. And because I saw a tiny Jack Russell shred my brother's ankles and he's like six foot three. So I was like, "What? if that's what a little dog does, what on earth can a big dog do? I thought a big dog would be like a shark with legs. Um, But, you know, as I've gotten older, I I have an absolute love for dogs. There's no question. Um, Eddie, I absolutely love Vishla's Velcro dog is probably the dog that I'm going to end up retiring with as well as Lab's um and i've said this before but i when i retire i want to have a herd of cats and dogs that i can just watch run across this whole large expanse of land like the freaking great migration and just you know but for me cats i just you know there's there's something very special when a cat allows you to be a part of the flight.
0: yeah i think for the for your plans you're going to have to buy a house as big as the the ranch that greg norman is selling for 40 million dollars in colorado which um uh, i've had a look at so okay well good luck with that christina Um, listen <laughs> thank you again very much for joining us and it's nice to sort of connect i um i mean i've obviously commented on you uh, over the years but we we connected over a shampoo bottle on twitter so that's the modern world <laughs> <laughs> i'm not here. gonna
2: lie when i when i caught when i saw that tweet i screamed i've <laughs> effing made it
0: <laughs> oh likewise can you just and say if,
2: parfum real quick please
0: oh uh, parfum yeah and- oh! <laughs> right okay uh, eddie's gone hang,
1: hang, on, hang on a minute i mean if you heard a frenchman or an italian man say that yeah i could see how it'd be kind of nice for you to get that kind of visceral reaction christine but he's from Troon. you've just asked a <laughs> scottish man to say parfum and you uh, yeah. to, I mean, that's
0: crazy. Well, I didn't say it like that, Eddie. For wow, the world. Yeah, I
2: I, did, I wasn't gonna go there. No, but it's best part of it is the fact that as a Scottish man, he was able to say it in the way that he said it. And it sounded like it could have come out of a Frenchman's mouth. I that see that just shows his range and his abilities. Are you kidding me? Plus, I do always I've always had a thing for the uh, the Commonwealth accents with the exception of Canada
0: wow oh we've just lost our canadian listener uh, uh justin about. listens to the yeah, Sorry. No, all right, all right, okay we're going to leave on a on a canadian besmirching note so listen thank you very much and and good luck for when the golf resumes and good luck with the left-handed golf and the cat and dog accounts and uh we'll speak to you down the line but thank you very much for joining us christina
2: of course you guys thank you so much thanks. for having me on
0: thanks christina There we are Christina Kim Uh, I love her she can she can talk but I mean I love the fact that you know you hear a sports person just laying themselves bare and putting it out there and I love the bit about you know all the trolling she gets from Korea and she says you know what you can say what you want because I've said it about myself so bring it on I just uh, she's a very open and honest character isn't she.
1: She is, yeah. I didn't realise they were like that in Korea. I didn't. I didn't think
0: they were the trolling type.
1: But mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know. there are unpleasant people everywhere, Eddie. I think that's what. we've Not met. in Trun.
1: I've never met an unpleasant Trunian.
0: Tro- uh, I don't think we have a collective now, Trun Trunites. Um, oh, well, there are some unpleasant people. I mean, me most of all. But um, although et- I
1: did meet one one day, who kept stealing my Pro V ones.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly now, all my Pro V1s in my practice I have a little EP on them so uh, there we are and uh, stainless steel chopsticks that was uh, a thing I didn't know 10,000 years I've been using them in, in Korea anyway that was Christina Kim and uh, we shall see you again for Pepper Pod usual time really I think on, on Monday more golf to talk about who will we get on I haven't got a clue but we'll get somebody on and we'll be talking all sorts of nonsense again but there we are, the new European tour schedule is out and about, so have a look at that. And uh, Eddie and I will be with you again in a few days' time. Bye bye.
1: Yeah, bye bye. I'm just going to uh, go and chalk my cue. <laughs>